Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your host. And this week it is episode 47 and I am joined by an iconic British actress who is probably most well known as the Chatsworth Estate's favourite shopkeeper. Please welcome to the podcast, Kelly Hollis! Drama School Dropout no graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Thought your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. How are we? Oh, I am, I am so buzzing that you are coming on, like... Um, when I started this podcast and I started asking people, oh, without a doubt, he's got he's got to be shameless. And then shows that, I that seems to talk like a, a to somebody from out an answer or an easy, but uh, it's, it's so true. I cannot say otherwise. I could, I could sit show. and go through everything I've ever done, and it's all good. I had shameless, and then I had Warren on, and now you. I think you're the first person I ever asked from shameless, though. But I don't think your agent got through that message. It's all, it's all good. We're here now. Uh, yeah, shameless yeah. and ugly Betty. And I haven't had anyone from ugly no, Betty. You no, know so I, I am Ferrer. the worst person for people's names. And oh, Vanessa job, Williams, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. It's an absolute nightmare. But yeah, <laughs> how, how are you doing? I, we're sort of getting um, back to I did to see sort Maxine's name on the list when I arrived. In. She's just amazing. So as soon as I see, but this is how sweet she is. Once we became yeah. friends and everything, and I've, I've done other jobs with her since, she actually pulled yeah. me one time. And after I did Tina Goes Shopping, I did a lot of stuff in the th- uh, a film school at Sheffield to, to get some stuff yeah. for my showreel, basically. And I ended up working and did a couple of days with this guy. Obviously, nothing of it. Years later, and she went, oh, I was so jealous once because my partner worked with you in Sheffield. I'm like that as well. For right? two days. And he came home and he was going, oh, my God, I'm working that. Well, I'm, I know I'm very lucky. Tina Goes Shopping, like, and I was so I, jealous. Never, I, she said, and then when, she said when she came to audition for so Veronica, far, touch wood, she said, I'll be honest, she said, I was fuming. Um, because I seen your name I'm on really list, lucky. and I was like, I've never, I don't actually think Kelly Hollis is going to get that. And I was like, are you for real, Maxine Feet, saying that to me? I don't know anybody that's had to go into hospital or anything. So I'm really lucky. What are you on about? Vaccine, but yeah, Other she didn't tell that, me for a couple of years. I've but had honestly, so much she's time genuinely one of the like darlingest women you'll ever meet. So, yeah, so and then my son's 18. Like, I'm no longer going to be a drama school dropout, but then I'm like, but I'm like now, four days a week. The best thing that I can do at the moment is when I asked you, I said, I can do anything that you want. I don't have like any time that suits you, I can do it. So now I'm just scrambling. No, okay, Gizmo's not that bad. It's only because my partner's. My partner's just on his way out and she, she's just barking at the window for him. Once he goes, she'll be fine. Yeah. Get, get back to school. <laughs> yeah. That didn't work. Yeah. My neighbour's kids. Well, I think you're really totally right. And a lot of people do comment on that as well. They like, do say how perfect it was. And we're halfway through the six weeks in Scotland right now. So I'm like, come on, August the 16th. Come on, get them back to school. We finish in June. 
so yeah, we finish in June and go back in August. And I'm like, a couple of weeks to go, a couple of weeks to go. And then they're gone all day. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I was, we were never there. I just like the peace and quiet. I wasn't there for the first couple of weeks of filming. You know? What I like to ask everyone that comes on yeah. the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Yeah. The stuff, the stuff that Jed did oh, as no, well yeah. as I, such young I lad, think I'm like the only drama school dropout that's been on this thing. podcast. You know, they, they were just picked from an estate basically, you know, um, but the, the stuff that they had to do, especially at such a young age. But I just said to Jed from day one, I said, listen, mate, if you can do this, if any single job you ever do for the rest, you know so if you want to suck it up <laughs> basically oh I'd love to have a go at being Sheila she's just mental I loved Sheila's character Maggie who played, I mean, she couldn't have been any more over the top, but it worked. It worked so well. And she was just just an absolute yeah, epic character. About. And, and when they put her and Frank together, it, oh, everything just worked. And Maggie who <laughs> plays, and she won't mind me saying this, is just as crackers in real life, but in a completely different way. Yeah. She's got her own craziness going on. But yes, yeah, Sheila, I would love to have had a go playing Sheila. <laughs> there might be a couple of little cheeky things. The main thing that I did pinch was, um, in fact, it, it's actually been damaged, but I, I had it for years, was one of the cardboard cutouts of cash, you know, from the... Um, healthy chats with bit when it's, it was running first. That sort um, of like reinforces that whole thing. Yeah, there were three. Who's watching you? Isn't it? And like you I just... sort of, I want to say I stole it, but it's really hard to steal a life-size cut out of somebody. So it was more a case of um, carry it like you own it. <laughs> Listen, yeah. you can't be doing much wrong. You're still working. Yeah, if I just put. And I, get, and I did get away with it, but then I thought, shit, I've got to get the train home. So, like, I phoned my friend. I don't think there's an actual formula, though. Is that I don't think there's a formula very that you can say, follow X, Y, and Z and steps, and you will be and a professional working actor. He, at first, was in my top attic window for about 12 months, and that used to just yeah. freak everybody out. He used to just see this shadow. Then he got moved to the living room, and at Christmas time, I would put, like, a Christmas hat on him and stuff. Um... And then he I, actually, we had I've a street just, party where I used to live in Leeds, a street party every summer. And, it's, um, and we always put gazebos out of lights and there would have been all the chairs and everything out. Proper um, shameless style, you know what I mean? There's a character cordoned off the street with wheelie bins, you know, and all that. And we all had like... May or may not be like 
based and off I of actually someone. brought Chris out to, I had Chris <laughs> and I had one of Tom Jones and some other random cut out so we brought them as well we just like we cast it based on putting adverts on Facebook like literally in Facebook groups, we're casting this thing, send an audition tape in. And we have found like some amazing actors that we wouldn't have found had we gone the conventional route and sent things out to agent. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah just want the best thing that i've ever seen the, the best casting that i've ever seen come out of that was have you seen this is england thomas tergus was street casted he was on the podcast and spoke about it and like that is one of the best oh, like gosh, just to say that kid had never it. acted before then you it's it's absolute madness but yeah oh my god of it is yeah <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay, well, Penny, I will be in Glasgow for the foreseeable. <laughs> so if you ever just want to come and like clock eyes on me and cast me in something, you're more than welcome. I'll send you my Here address. Here we go again. <laughs> um, do you remember a point where you were like, okay, this could be my career? First of all, the people, I forget how long ago it was. I forget that my son's 18 and we started recording the first series after two yeah. weeks of him being born. So to see that there's a literally a whole new generation um, of, I mean, I got stopped outside my friend's cafe the other day, two, two little dudes yeah. on a, you know, little mini motorbike, you know, making a nuisance of, of himself, probably about. Is this a massive wind Yeah, up? well, no, I think there might have just been, I think there probably might have been about 17, give or take, I'm probably being generous there, to be honest. Um, and then we're like, oh no, Sivana Shameless. And I was like, no way, do you? Yeah. They were like, are you joking? And, and then, but then the people that stopped me and go, oh, I grew up watching you. That makes me feel so old. But I love the fact that one, it's always, I'm not even, you, you'll, I'm sure you'll agree. It is totally going to stand the test of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was watching clips yes. the other night. Yes. Hello and welcome back to another segment of This Is Where We Update You. I'm Heather Spiden. And my name is Ingram Noble. And we are about to tell you what we've been up to in the month of September as we lead up to putting on our very first stage production. Hey! Hello! How are we? So good. I can't believe it's this time of the month again. Oh, yeah, I know. It, it comes around so bloody quickly. But you've had an adventurous month. I have. I've so, had some Somebody um, caught COVID and had to, like, stay in bed for 10 days. And Oh, God, it was so terrible. I had to stay in bed for 10 days. I smashed <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. It was great. But, yeah, I've, um, I'm fully better now. That's why we're back great. in the same room. Yeah. But, yeah, I had... No cross-contamination. No, no. It was... Um, oh, it was an okay 10 days. I'm over it now and my taste is coming back. So we're back to we work. We love that. We just had um, some McDonald's. Oh, I just had the juiciest Big Mac. And it's the first thing I've been able to taste in so long. I think I've eaten it so fast. 
um so we've we've had as well especially um we've had a great month with yep. this is where we get off we are um this is where we are getting ready um, <laughs> um so what have we been up to tell everyone well, we we hired ourselves a stage manager, so like we did. We, um, told you last month that we had done that, and now we are. We've had a meeting. We've, we've met had for the first time yeah, in person. In person, we had a nice coffee. We went to Starbucks, and we met our stage manager. Hello, Angela. If Hi, you're Angela. listening, um, I hope you are. <laughs> it, it feels really weird um, meeting with people in public again. I know. Oh, do you know that's all I could think the whole time. I was like, this is so bizarre. Yeah. But it was good. It was so refreshing, and she's lovely. Yeah, hundred percent. A fountain of knowledge. I think it's it's even more weirder because this whole play has been online. The process. Yeah, so far. exactly. Even the reading that got us to this, this point, point. All of our rehearsals. Even me and you writing the play was all yeah. over online. So now it's bringing it out into the light of day, and it's, I know. it's exciting. It's, it's good. weird. It's so like, weird. I feel a bit more vulnerable talking about it face to face. Me too. Yeah, like, no, I, I definitely agree. It's it's made it all the more real. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we had a chat with Angela about um, our stage plan. Oh. Because we um, have officially, officially, I forgot that word there, figured out <laughs> what the play is going to look like. Oh, yes. We're, so should we tell the story? Yeah. So we, were, we had a production meeting where we were sorting out the block and, um, a couple of months ago. And oh, that was a couple of months. Yeah. Oh, time is going so, so fast. Um, and I had this random idea, and the train is going by. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had this random idea one night, and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone that um, is going to come and see the show. Tickets available at www.webstersglasgow.com. Uh, plug, 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 plug. Um, so yeah, I had this idea, and I remember thinking, I'm going to fight for it, but Heather is going to hate it. Yeah, you are fully like, I've got this idea, I'm going to bring it to you, I'm going to show you, you'll probably hate it, but I'm ready to scrap you tooth and nail. And I was like, yeah. right, okay, getting a bit nervous. And you showed me the plans, and I was like, holy fuck, yeah, with I my, love it. With my very um, limited skills as an artist See, drawing. to be fair, they looked pretty good. You're like, remember, I can't draw for shit, it's going to look really bad. And I was like, wow, that looks so professional. But yeah, I but remember pulling it I out and it. I was so nervous. It was amazing. As soon as I saw it, I was like, boom, that's our stage, that's our set. I can't believe you thought I was going to hate this. And you just kind of sat there with this bewildered look on your face like, like, do you really love have it? Have I done I something like, right? I know, I was like, gold star, there we go. Um, <laughs> so why we're talking about that is we found out that it's possible. Yes. Yes. We can do it. We can do it, which is... I think we spoke last time about how good it is having Angela. She's worked yeah. in the web just before. She knows the space. She knows the people. She knows how to get things going there. And when you brought that idea to her, uh, she was like, yep, that'll be fine. You can do this. Oh. You can do that. And we're like, oh, great. Because that's always a worry, isn't it? We have these grand ideas yeah. and we're like, but can we? Because we're really good at um, pulling each other back. Like if I have a really grand idea that isn't plausible... You're really good at pulling me back and vice versa. Uh-huh. But then when we get an idea we're, together, yeah, we, and we the just start rolling, running with it. We need someone to grab our ankles a little bit. <laughs> it, it's really nice to have somebody say, "Well, calm down a second. Like, yeah, um, but... yeah. It's it's been it's been absolutely mental the the process. And um, another exciting thing, I got a package on Sunday. Oh yeah. Um, and we now have the printed copies of the place that yep. um, aren't available at the moment. They will be available. Um, Online and in person the night of the show. And you know where you can get tickets to the show, don't you? <laughs> www.webstersglasgow.com. Is that the right? Yeah, that, yeah. that is the right one. I've, <laughs> I also realize that we're plugging the right place. <laughs> Nobody we're turns like, up on the night yeah. and like, you told us the complete wrong place yeah. to get tickets. Um, no, it's really exciting. And um, one of the things that I love about the, the book is that we both dedicated it 
to our grandmas. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about that quickly? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so relevant to this play at yeah. this time. So definitely. So for anybody that doesn't know, the play centers around a family who deal with dementia. I'm not going to spoil it anymore for anyone that wants to come and see it. Um, but obviously everyone that, everyone that I know at least has had some sort of encounter with dementia yeah. in their lifetime. And my great-grandma, um, Jean, God rest her soul, um, passed away in, I want to say, 2012 um, after, after a battle with dementia. Mm. So it's always been a very close cause to my heart. Yeah. Yep. And I couldn't be prouder of what we've done and then dedicating it in her memory is also... Oh, definitely. And yeah. then obviously your and grandma then, as well. The play's yeah. not just dedicated to mine. <laughs> yeah, so my granny's actually recently just got her diagnosis with Alzheimer's. Um, so actually while this whole process was happening, this was after the play. So it yeah, it makes it more real. It makes what the story we're trying to portray, it's, I mean, it means so much. And yeah, I think, well, I think the way we're taking it is... We're doing it justice, and the actors, I know for a fact they will. Yeah. But it is just if it was all, it was already so close to our hearts. But now it's just. I yeah. think it's it's made my connection with the character a yeah. lot stronger. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And I'm relating to her more. It, without spoiling it, because we write them and we sort of know them a bit more than the audience. I I was never a massive fan of one of the characters. I didn't. They weren't a particularly likable person. Yeah. But since it's all happened and I've really had time to sort of reflect more as an adult about it, yeah, I, I have a lot more sympathy and I connect with her more. Yeah, no, do you know what? I'm so with you on that. I totally agree. And and the you know the behaviour we've written for her, it's it is fitting and like there is yeah. there are it's reasons why she well. is like this, and it is. But yeah, it's um so close to our hearts. And uh, do you find when people ask you about the play? And you sort of explain it. I always end with the caveat of, other than that, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, because no. I feel like I tell them this really grim story about mm. what happens, and then I'm like, I wouldn't want to go and see that play. Yeah. But by the way, it's hilarious. Like, and you'll it is. be laughing all night. Yeah. And it is. I think it's such a good, we've managed to strike, if I do say myself, say so myself, sorry, <laughs> such a good balance between the comedy and, you know, the real themes of the play and the things that are going on and yeah. I think I think they balance off each other nicely and you know that comic relief but not in a way that's tasteless yeah. do you know what I mean we're not making fun at it we during the writing process we really thought about that and yeah. we we were worried at certain points that we would be disrespectful to the memories of people and yeah. the memories that we hold to people so I, I think we've really we've hit the nail on the head in the correct place yeah, We're no, on the... definitely. And that's a lot of our feedback as well that yeah. comes from is people comment on that because I know that's something we were both so worried about, but all the feedback we've had, they all sort of touch on that. Yeah. We're like, right, and that's good for... That settles us down. Like, right, we know it is fine and we've done it justice and mm. there's no disrespect here. It's just... It is, it's sad, but it's lighthearted at most and mm. it's... I it's, love it. It's mostly just it. a... It, it's mostly at its core a story about a family who suffer from the impact of this is it a disease i feel like it's a disease yeah i should probably know more about this yeah it at its core it's a story about a family who suffer with the impact of this disease and it's something that we want to bring awareness to because a lot of people don't think about it especially the ending mm. is such a, a way to go with it and we've sort of went we've went to the extreme of that 
Yeah. And I know, I remember back when we were writing it and we were coming, <clears throat> like we were deciding how to end it and what, what way to sort of bring it off. Is, and we went, we had a lot of back and forth, but I think ultimately we've made the, like the best decision. And yeah. I think it's poignant as well. I think the audience will leave thinking a bit like, oh, like, do you know what I mean? We've but, left it sort of open-ended as well. So yeah. th- th- there could be sort of different ways, but we know what happens and things like that. So it is, I would really... In, be privileged if you came and seen it on the 21st of April 2022 at the Webster's Theatre. Tickets available. I'm not going to do it again. You can do it this and time. I was like, you do it. www.webstersglasgow.com. So make sure you That's get your tickets. It. And we come to the end now. That was a speedy time. That was a. These ten minutes, I mean, we can talk for hours. Like I feel like and we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> this is this is just quick ten minutes that you all hear. Um, but yeah, we've got a busy month coming up. Yeah. Because I think we're both getting very anxious now. We're looking at the calendar. Yeah, and we- that first table read is right round the corner, yeah, and time is flying past. So. Do you know what's even scarier? By the time that that table read is, I'll have been podcasting for over a year. Oh my god. I know. I'm literally watching at the moment the the months fly off the calendar and I'm starting to get worried. Yeah, I know. It's, In a good way, I'm getting worried. Yeah, I know. It's coming up to... I know there's been a lot we've been doing behind the scenes with the process, but it's go time now. Like, oh. the ball's about to start rolling down. It's so scary. down the hill and, like, everything needs to be put in motion and we need to... Yeah, just it's like that scene it. in Indiana Jones where the big rocks just chasing just going, under. I know. And I feel like we're trying to get to certain points of safety before. But it's so exciting. Oh. It's, I'm so excited for the months coming up. So, I mean, I'm, I really am. I'm so excited. Do you know what I'm really excited for? Um, like sitting outside of like Christmas markets in a coffee shop with you like oh, going over our ideas. Like I being know. all like, cute and festive. Oh, I could yeah, get a wee Bailey's hot chocolate. It would be great. Yeah, yeah, so we will be back again next month in October. <laughs> happy Halloween spooky season's my not yet, favorite not yet my favorite part of Halloween is um, midnight because Christmas starts oh see you're such a Christmas dude I am I a Christmas person I love Halloween like, not I am a Halloween. spooky bitch through and through not a fan of Halloween oh I love it um, yeah we'll be back again in October and um, we've got a lot planned so we may have a bumper edition of this is where we update you in October Go on. <laughs> might be its own episode who knows oh. um, but thank you so much Heather for coming back on and thank you for putting up with all of my shite this past month no thank you for putting up with mine I think we do well but thank you for having me back I love these little segments each month I know I know. it's, it's always nicer because you obviously you produce the podcast with me and you do yeah. the stage right or stage right but it's always nice to sort of sit down and have a conversation yeah. about what we- we're doing be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, everyone wants to hear my voice for a change. They do. They do. I, I speak far too much on this podcast. Um, but for one final time, Heather, when can people come and see the show and where can people get tickets? People can get tickets www.webstersglasgow.com And you can see the show on Thursday the 21st of April 2022 and it starts at 7pm. Or is it half seven? Oh god, we're so bad at this. I don't know because we. Mm. I feel like it's half seven, but we've got a thousand leaflets that say seven on it. <laughs> Listen, we'll tell you next the, month yeah. when it is. So you'll have to come <laughs> back if you want to know. <laughs> have a lovely month and stay safe. And I, I will hand you back over to me and Kelly Hollis. So have a good day. Enjoy the rest of the episode, and most importantly, stay safe. So lovely to speak to you all again. I'll be back next month, as you say. Stay safe and yeah, keep it real. Bye. Bye.
yeah so you were saying that like going into being like on playing the field and everything which was sort of like proper tv and talking about things like that you've got to do a lot of like really amazing and cool things but what would you say has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment Oh, without a doubt, it's got it's got to be shameless. And then that seems like a, a not a cop out of an answer or an easy, but it's it's so true. I cannot yeah. say otherwise. I could, I could sit and go through everything I've ever done, and it's, it's all going to come back to shameless. Like, like well, I, I never actually auditioned for Yvonne. You know, I feel like I've had this. You auditioned for I've forgot the name of the character now. Maxine Peake's character. What's she called? Veronica. Veronica. I, I'm saying yeah. I'm such a shameless fan and then can't remember one of the best characters. No, do you know, <laughs> I, I am the worst person for people's names. And in this job, when you have everybody stuck to, it's, it's an yeah. absolute nightmare. But yeah, I auditioned for Veronica. Um, I did see Maxine's name on the list when I arrived. This is she's back just, in the old days when you used to sign in. She's just amazing. So as soon as I see it, but this is how sweet she is. Once we became friends and everything, and I've, I've done other jobs with her since, she actually pulled me one time. And after I did Tina Goes Shopping, I did a lot of stuff in the th- uh, a film school at Sheffield to, to get some stuff for my showreel, yeah. basically. And I ended up working and did a couple of days with this guy. Obviously, didn't think anything of it. Years later, I met Maxine and she went, oh, I was so jealous once because my partner worked with you in Sheffield for two days and he came home and he was going, oh my God, I'm working with that girl from that thing you love called Tina Goes Shopping. She said, and I was so jealous. <laughs> she said, and then when... She said when she came to audition for Veronica, she said, I'll be honest, she said, I was fuming. She went, because I seen your name on listen. I was like, I think Kelly Hollis is gonna get that. <laughs> and I was like, Are you for real? Maxine Peake saying that to me. That must be yeah, one like, of those moments, it. like, what what nah. <gasps> what are you on about, Maxine? But yeah, she didn't tell me for a couple of years, but honestly, she's genuinely one of the most darlingest women you'll ever meet. So yeah, so and then I, I just literally my son's eighteen. Sorry, my dog's barking. I think the thing about Shameless though is it's so perfectly cast. Like you know, sometimes you'll watch a TV show and you'll be like, "Well, yeah, they're good," but like for example, Kelly Hollis, she'd have worked really well in there. There was never a there was never a moment on Shameless where I was sort of like, you know what, they didn't fit with like the aesthetic. That didn't work. Of the, no. And it was always just like, where the fuck have these people been found? Yeah. And the story. Well, I think you're totally right. And a lot of people do comment on that as well. They do say how perfectly cast it was. I think you've some let some behind the scenes out on your TikTok. Go and follow. By the way, while everyone's listening, go and follow <laughs> Kelly on TikTok because you get all the behind the scenes gossip from Shameless at Kelly Hollis. It'll be linked in the description box below. Um, but oh. didn't I think you revealed it and I've never heard it before that Ian and Lip, so Gerard and Jodie were the opposite characters to begin with. I wasn't there for the first couple of weeks of filming. Obviously, I'd been a big deal. You could sort of tell. And I was like, I'm just letting you know. Anyway, (laughs) and then I auditioned for Jez the Landlady. And Mm. then I think, I don't know, like you said, that they obviously just thought, you know what, she'd be a great Yvonne. I must have been swearing in the audition for whatever reason. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, you're right. And the first two weeks of filming, um, it wasn't, I got a phone call saying, oh, filming's been halted. Because there was um, a different Frank at the right. as well. Yeah. Wasn't David so apparently it, And I heard nothing but great things about the guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, I don't know if it's common knowledge, so I don't really like to say either, to be fair, because I've never yeah. seen any press with him in it. I'll tell you after we finish the recording. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean. Yeah, I'll tell you after we finish. 
I'd read like a lot of the trivia on like IMDb. Like if I'm bored, I'll just go and see if anybody's saying anything. And it, it is like on there that it cost them quite a lot. I think they had to reshoot a lot of the first episode or something with. Yeah, it was no for the two weeks. And like I say, I heard nothing but good things about the original, Frank. I personally think it was an age issue from mm. what I can gather. It Sometimes was just things age. just don't work and it's not it's not anybody in particular's fault. It's just that's it the just, way that they can't. Something wasn't quite right. Yeah. Um, so, and, then, and then when I got to work, obviously I did a lot of stuff with Jed, who played mm. Ian. And then I didn't know for a couple of months and it was just like, oh God, yeah, don't you know? I played Lip and... Jodie played it. Obviously, thought, well, that can't quite work either. And then they shuffled them around. It's so weird watching them two play the opposite characters because they work so yeah. well. Jodie Latham, I've said this on the podcast many times, is one of my favourite actors of all time. Yeah, I think he's just one of the best. And the stuff, the stuff that Jed did as well as yeah, such oh, young lads, like you mm. say, going back to the street casting thing. You know, they they were just picked from an estate, basically. You know. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the stuff that they had to do, especially at such a young age. But I just said to Jed from day one, I said, listen, mate, if you can do this, if any single job you ever do for the rest of your life will be a complete breeze. Yeah. You know, so if you want to suck it up. <laughs> See if we obviously you auditioned for Jez, the landlady and Veronica. Was there any other character that you ever thought, mm, I wouldn't mind having a go playing them for, for oh, a series? I'd love to have a go at being Sheila. Oh, that was some of my favorite lines of Shameless from all time are Sheila's. Just that she's just, just mental comedy. I loved Sheila's gold. character, Maggie, who played. I mean, she couldn't have been any more over the top, but it worked. Yeah, it worked so 100%. well, and she was just just an absolute epic character. <laughs> yeah, and, and and they put her and Frank together. It oh, everything just worked. Maggie, who plays, and she won't mind me saying this, is just as crackers in real life, but in a completely different way. Yeah. Oh. She's got her own craziness going on. But yes, yeah, Sheila, just... I would love to have had a go playing Sheila. So I have to ask as well, and you can confirm or deny, you don't have to tell us, is there anything from the Chatsworth estate currently in your house? Anything make it home? There might be a couple of little cheeky <laughs> things. The main thing that I did pinch was um in fact it, it's actually been damaged but I, I had it for years was one of the cardboard cutouts of cash you know from the um healthy the, chatsworth yeah bit when it was running for um not their counselor or yeah. whatever yeah there were three and <laughs> i sort of i want to say i stole it but it's really hard to steal a lifetime cutout yeah somebody. <laughs> so it was more a case of um carry it like you own it yeah it was like if i just walk and i don't act like i'm doing anything wrong yeah. i might just get yeah, away with just, it can i get and i did get away with it but then i thought shit i've got to get the train home <laughs> so actually i phoned my friend and my friend very kindly came to manchester and fixed me up and i took him up <laughs> and chris bisson or cash we'll call him cash yeah he at first was in my top attic window for about 12 months and that used to freak everybody out. He used to just see this shadow. Then he got moved oh. to the living room and at Christmas time I would put like a Christmas hat on him and stuff. That's, that's um, and then he actually we had a street party we, where I used to live in Leeds, we had a street party every summer. And we always put gazebos out and lights and everybody bring all the chairs and everything out. Proper shameless styling, you know yeah. what I mean? cordoned off that street with wheelie bins you know and all that <laughs> and we all had like celebrity face masks on and I actually brought Chris out to I had Chris and I had one of Tom Jones and 
somebody else had some other random cut out. Oh. So we brought them as well. Unfortunately, they got wet and they got damaged. So I was oh. very upset about that. <laughs> so, like I said before we started recording, I introduced one of my best friends to Shameless and we watched the whole thing when it was put on Netflix. I'd obviously, I've watched it. I'd, actually, I, I like telling this story because it 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 is quintessentially a Shameless story. So I am um, a massive Harry Potter fan. And I remember, do you know like I'm talking maybe 10 years ago, when the DVD recorders first come out where you could record Freeview onto a disc. Oh, yeah. So there was a, a documentary about J.K. Rowling, and I asked my auntie to record it for me because I think it was on while I was at school or something. And she gave me the disc and she said, it's number one, but there's an episode of a TV show on there that you're not old enough to watch. And I mean, as soon as you tell me that I'm not allowed to watch oh, one. Of course, you're going to go watch and it. I think I was maybe eight or nine. And I watched the first ever episode of Shameless. And I think that is oh a shameless story, like a kid watching Coffee. an episode of Shameless. <laughs> and I have loved it ever since I, I grew up I'm from a working class background. And I just saw people that I knew. And it was like, yeah. this is this is cool as fuck. So I introduced <laughs> one of my friends to it when it because it one day it just woke up and it was on Netflix. And I was like, oh, here we go. Time for another here rewatch. We go again. Um have you had a lot of new sort of a new wave of fans come in over the past year because of it? Unbelievably so. I mean, first of all, the people, I forget how long ago it was. Yeah. I forget that my son's 18 and we started recording the first series after two weeks of him being born. So to see that there's a literally a whole new generation um, of, I mean, I got stopped outside my friend's cafe the other day, two, two little dudes, on a you know little mini motorbike, you yeah. know, making a nuisance. Probably of, still of, not old about, enough to watch it. Yeah, well, no, I think there might have just been. I think they probably might have been about seventeen, give or right. take. I'm probably being generous there, to be <laughs> honest. Um, and then we're like, oh no, Savannah Shameless, and I was like, no way, do you watch Shameless? <laughs> they were like, are you joking? And and then, but then the people that stopped me and go, oh, I grew up watching you. That makes me feel so old. <laughs> But I love the fact that one, it's always, I'm not even, you, you'll, I'm sure you'll agree, it is totally going to stand the test of time. Oh, I mean, there's sort of, there's that new sort of rule, isn't there, that a lot of it shouldn't really be still allowed to like, in today's rules and society, you wouldn't get away with doing a lot of it now. But yes. it, it's it's a product of its time. It's Yes. And it's one of the most iconic things to come out of Britain. Like, and I, I think we sort of just need to understand that, when there was certain things that were said or done, there was never a malice behind it. There was never, yeah. but I think a lot of people are just too quick to jump the gun of this is highly offensive. I never want anyone in the world to watch this ever again. And if anybody tries to do that with shameless, they'll catch my hands. The world, the world's gone crazy. I mean, yes, exactly. Do you know what? And I, I say this and I've got no qualm saying this. The world is full of snowflakes. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of things at the moment that we do need to be worried about and we do need to be fighting against and things. But I think a TV show that was finished close to 10 years ago isn't something that we need to be worrying about. I think we need to be worrying no. about the kids that are starving because of the Tories and the war-torn exactly. countries. And I, I think that a lot of... You know, and trans rights, LGBT, you know, I've got a Sunnies LGBTQ plus community. Um, That's the thing, like, I, I think there's, and there's a lot of gay jokes in Shameless. But I, I think that we're really more should be spending more attention on the things that are happening now where people are actually intending to de to be, decrupt to be something. Mean and nasty. Yeah. yeah. 
whereas Shameless is a TV show that's a product of its time, like and it's uh, and, and in a way it's, it's I'm not going to say that Shameless is edu- educational. I think but, it know, is. You watch you watch characters like that, and it makes you question. It makes you, and it, and those stories are told in a way of saying this is actually what you can't be saying and what you can't be doing mm. and what you shouldn't be like. Do you know what I mean? So even though it's portraying it, it's portraying a person who. Mm. You know who shouldn't be saying those types of things, but you, you've got to address situations. You can't just wish you wash over it all the time. This is like a controversial opinion I've had for a while, and I've said it on the podcast before. I think they should show shameless in schools, not some of the very really? stuff, but yeah. I think there's a lot of there's sex workers in shameless, there's drug users, there's a wide variety of people. And uh, listen, I'm not involved in education or any way, shape, or form, but I think if Genuinely, if I sat and went through Shameless Now, series one to 11, I would find some good points that would be like, you could show kids this and it would teach them X, Y, Z. Of what not to do. Like, I'm not saying show them them, show Paddy Maguire shooting heroin up. Like, I'm not saying just let them sit and watch a full episode. But show the consequences of this. Show that this can happen to somebody and with the right support, you can come out the other side. It's those, it, it did show a lot of life lessons. And even though Frank's, Probably one of the most despicable human beings that's ever walked the earth. Yeah. We all fell madly in love with it because moments. it is a human being. Teachable moments, yes, exactly. Yeah, because I think now, especially now, a lot of things is or oh, like they don't think their kid knows what heroin is. Like that's a lie. Like everyone yeah. knows what. And I think if you sort of show them and show the dangers of things and what the consequences are, that's exactly. a te- it's a teachable moment. And there's lots of things within Shameless like. I'm not saying show them having a piss up and all that, like the fun parts of it. Like I'm not just saying start showing 13 year olds episodes of Shameless, and but there are definitely teachable moments, and I've said that no, of for years. And I think it's a prime example of great British TV. Well, I mean, like the, like the family dynamics with, with Frank and the kids and what they're going through. Just watching that alone should be a te- like you say a teachable moment for parents to go. This is what you're doing to your kids. Yeah, if you. On a piss on the piss all the time, and yeah, exactly. you know this this is what, what what your kids are going through. But then it also te- and then on the other hand, it's showing kids, regardless of what kind of upbringing you have, you can still do things and and still yeah. be happy and still be good people and still do something with your life. You don't have to just you know you're not just this stereotypical pov or whatever you know. Yeah. And then how many kids are in sort of a situation that is unsafe or in a neglectful environment that they think is normal? And if they see something on Shameless, because a lot of stuff on Shameless could be classed as neglect and sort of like that, they might realise yeah. that they're not in a normal situation. Exactly. And then yeah. they might be able no, to say, listen, this is happening to me. Can I get some help? Like, I yeah, think this totally. is just Shameless in schools because I remember... I, I've spoke about this as well. The only sex education I received in secondary school was my RE teacher telling all the boys that they were killing babies when they masturbated. Oh, wow. Yeah, you don't need that, do you? And it's like, so you're going to tell me that I'm a murderer, basically, but I can't know about all the other stuff that I need to know. I just think some of it's stupid. Yeah. But I mean, no. that's an entirely yeah, right. different I totally podcast. Agree. That, no, that I could talk, different... talk for days no, about I agree, that. and I think things, you know, things... Things like that. Think, think programs like Shameless have to be made and should be made oh, for, for, for all the reasons that you've 100%. just said. Yeah, because there's just, it's, and again, like, I, I'm British, but the British have a lot of, of a massive issue of trying to pretend that everything they've ever done is good. Yeah. Like, 
we as Britain and the people that came before us, we've done some fucked up shit. And that's what then people are now trying to do with like censorship of like, cause there are some points where cash is racially abused. My neighbors are fucking shouting and they kill someone. <laughs> um, yeah. There, there are points where cash is like racially abused. There's homophobic points and there's things like that. Yeah. Things like that happen in Britain. It's, yeah. it's a true reflection upon life, but then people see that and they don't want people to think that that happens. So they try to censor it and, Anyone yes, ever exactly. tries to cancel the, the, Shameless, I will fight them. Yeah, the, and the thing is as well, you know, in this day and age now, if you, all anybody can do in this in this life is live and learn. Exactly. That's all you can do. And like the sense and trying to, you can't rewrite history. You can't rewrite the past yeah. 10 years. And otherwise we wouldn't be where we are now mm-hmm. if we hadn't had those 10 years to have learned. Otherwise, no, nobody's perfect. You've just got to live and learn and mm-hmm. pass that on to the next generation of, of, of doing right and wrong, you know. Again, this has gone massively off track. I'm trying to rewrite the English curriculum. Um, (laughs) But what I also like to always ask is, if you were booked in the West End to do a one-month run in a two-person show, and you, with no financial restraints, could pick anyone in the world to be your co-star, who would you pick? And the show will be written around you two. Good question. Very good question. My answer changes every week, but then it's always the same. Like, but I know she would okay. make me look Ooh, like shit. Okay, Catherine Tate, every time. Fair point. She would make me what? look I, like I'm shit. I'm very much... But, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very drawn towards Julie Walters then. Oh, I've never thought about she Julie. She was my... In, she popped in my head first, so I'm going to go with Julie Walters. <sighs> Billy Elliot's one of my favorite. No, that's Julie. Or Andrew. Kathy Burke. Kathy Burke, yeah. She just... Uh, Lorraine Stanley just brought her up. I had Lorraine from EastEnders on... And she wants Kathy oh, yeah. back to go and play her mom in EastEnders. And I was like, right, why have they not done that? That's, why have that's they not genius. Done that? that is absolutely... She would be absolutely perfect. I was like, why have they not done that? That would be genius. But yeah, Julie, Julie Walters. I never thought about that. Billy Elliot's one of my favourite yeah. films as well. Like, I love Billy yeah, Elliot. Yeah, I love Julie Walters. I, th- I just think she just ticks every single box as a British actress. Yeah. I just, I love Catherine Tate. I sort of grew up watching her and... Like the Catherine Tate show. I love she Nan. There's only there's only three shame, people. Right? Yeah, there's only three people that I wish were real people. One is Norma of Shameless. Yeah. I don't know why I love Norma's character. Distin, who played, is beautiful. I'm not oh. taking anything away from yeah. Distin, but I love Norma. <laughs> um, Alan Partridge. I wish he was a real person. And and um, Catherine Tate's Nan. I think if I was going to bring one shameless person to life, and I think I would just want to do it purely to sit down and talk to her and record everything she said, be Lillian. Listen, I can sort that out for you if you want, Lily. Um, Alice is my bestie. I love Alice. And I think, but like Lillian, I feel like she would just have stories that would just come out of left field and like... No, but Alice has got stories. Right, okay. Oh my God. Right, I'm going to hook you two up. I'm going to oh, recommend that she does this podcast. Please do. I would absolutely love that. Um, she would. She's going to blow your mind, I swear oh, to God. I love her so much. Um, but I'm I going to write it you, down now. I'm going to ring her. I want to talk to you about a different TV show that I watched when it first came out and then watched the third season and it's shit. Um, and I'm gonna be start, I won't be watching it anymore. You don't have to comment. Ackley Bridge. I thought series one oh. and two of Ackley Bridge were... Amazing. A new yes. series, not so much. Um, <laughs> you don't have to comment. No, but I think it's oh, just no, that no. when you age up characters that are in school and 
have a drama involving school, it's very hard to keep it fresh. And unless you start them all in year seven and have five years to run with them. Exactly. Yeah, of course. No, I understand. Um, and we're talking season three with... I mean, I just wanted to talk to you about your time on it. It, it was like, like Joe Joyner's left now. She's not the head right. teacher anymore. Um, I'm really bad at forgetting people's actors' names. Um, the girl that played Nazreen isn't on it anymore. Yeah. Um, Poppy Fryer, uh, names are going to like just... But a lot of the original yeah. cast aren't on it. Well, no, you're right. Like you said, when you're doing a school show, like say, unless you're going to start them in year seven, and you, you're not up. getting enough opportunity yeah. to connect properly and get invested and the story has to run so quickly. They tried to recreate the characters within the new one because I watched like the first two episodes. It was very obvious what they were trying. They were trying to recreate what they Those had already done. And I was just like, uh, I see. But you were on there and you were playing Lone Shark Linda. And oh yes, Lone Shark Linda. Gobby cow as usual. <laughs> what was that like Threat to film? Because that was, that was another one that sort of at the time was a very groundbreaking show. We'd never really had a show where like fifty percent of the cast where Asian and 50 is that the can I is that the right word I don't want to get cancelled yeah. right okay because yeah. I I'm just scared of like offending somebody like um yeah we'd never really had a show that was so multicultural and was really showing us like in a true authentic way like showing very much, British yeah. people who are very much set in their own ways a different way of life Yes. Um, and I thought it was a great show and I totally agree. I'll be honest, I've not seen the, the beginning of the new series. Um, I would have liked to have done more, but I was I think I was already doing another job at the time. And I think that's why I just nicked in to do yeah. what I said. But it's, it is really weird because I've actually played that same character twice in two different seasons. So come on, Aqua Bridge, bring me back. Let's yeah. spice things up a little bit. Hashtag bring Kelly um, back. Hashtag bring Kelly back. That's the um, next time I'll watch it. Te email me well, when you're next going to be on. I'll watch it. I will. But Penny Walcock, who I did my very first job with, if you research her, you'll see that a lot of her projects, um, I mean, the film we did, Mischief Night, was yeah. again very much in the Acklebridge vein. Mm. And a lot of the other stuff she's done throughout her career are very much like that. She, she'll she spend a, a year in a place before she even starts filming. Um, and she actually worked on Acklebridge as well and helped do the credits and put together the the beginning and it's all it's got a very sort of east is east yeah you know bouncy mm -hmm. bollywood type vibe to it mm -hmm. um but i think you're right and i think you're right and i think it's definitely a very good representation whether they've got the characters right this time around or not i think what it represents initially yeah. again is very true to life and i think it sort of took over and set a very high bar from waterloo road yeah because I think that I it think was getting compared to that a lot at the very beginning, wasn't it? It and, was definitely edgier. But then the exact same with Waterloo Road. It happened, like, they got to, like, series 10, and it was like, I'm sick of seeing these people now. You're trying to recreate yeah. storylines from the first series. Like, Didn't they move it up to Scotland? I think yeah. they moved it up to Scotland, didn't they? And it just... Um, I, I hear on the grapevine they're bringing it back. Oh, well, I, I was going to say something there, but if anybody is bringing Waterloo Road back, I am in Glasgow, very close to where they used to film Waterloo Road, and I would like to be in it. So uh, please contact me. <laughs> if, I'll, if they're doing it up in Glasgow again, if I hear anything, I'll let you know. But I, I, but I, I catch myself saying things all the time. Like, and I'm like, I shouldn't really say that because like, I slag Hollyoaks off all the time. Like, And I'm like, 
what if I ever go to work on Hollyoaks? But I, I will always say Hollyoaks are a really great soap. They just do stupid things like casting the Pritchard brothers. Like they yeah. just do silly things like that. You um, know what? I think soaps across the board are, are just not what they could be, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, a great segue because my next thing I want to talk about is Emmerdale. <laughs> oh, let's go, let's go. Um, so you're you're one of the very, it's a large group of people, but it's still a minority that can say that they've played a main player role on a main player soap in Britain. What was it like walking into Emmerdale Village for the very first time? Because I know you've been there years ago and you played a character called Melanie and you'd sort of done like eight episodes or something. But what was yeah. it like? coming in now as like a established character that was coming in with a new family and was going to have like main player roles in it well that's it to, i mean one to go into a soap's amazing anyway but to go into a soap as a family yeah you know that's a big deal and you know that there's going to be a lot of people noticing you're not just nipping in and then there's going to be a lot of press through. well i don't know if they do it deliberately but it seems to be that when most people start their first day is in the wool pack so I don't know if they just do that to either freak you out or just throw you in at the deep end. Yeah. I'm not too sure. But I remember I did go into the Woolpack back in the day for, for one little scene with the beautiful Leah Bracknell, who sadly passed away. Um, but I don't really remember much about it. I th- the very first time I did it, I do remember this. I, I had to do a scene at home farm with Leah. I'd gone to visit uh-huh. Leah's character, Zoe. And as I was sort of just waiting and being a bit impatient. I was just like, you know, you like touch stuff. And who oh, is that real? Who oh, is that real? Is that real? And I touched something and a big chunk of the wall came out in my hand. And then they went action. And I just went, Shit. and I just had to like hide it. So oh. if that that was like before that was nearly that was 20, 18, 19 years ago. So that don't count. But then this time round, to go in, like I say, with a big with a family, I remember sat at the Woolpack bar doing one of his first scenes in there and I had the amazing Shirley Stell Fox who played Edna yeah. sat next to me and then I think there was just like Kane Dingle over there and somebody else over staples there staples of and just it, like yeah but then I bet a lot and of it was like, like I, there's Yvonne from Shameless well I know but yeah I don't see it like that do you know what I mean yeah I'm walking down the street people start shouting party and stuff yeah. like that at me <laughs> and I'm just like what what <laughs> And they're like, oh, and honest to God, my, my kids have said it to me before. Are you writing your head, you? They're, they're talking to you when I go, because I just forget. I'm just like, what they're fucking staring at? What they're looking at, you know? Your character in the um, in Emmerdale was in the Tweet Factory, I'm, I'm right, aren't I? Yes. So what was the mini Shameless reunion with Chris Bisson like? Oh, it was great. Well, obviously, when I first went to Emmerdale and Chris has rung me straight away because he knew I was starting work there. And I think he loved it because... Um, the roles Obviously have changed. Shameless, I got to both, the, the roles have changed a lot. The roles <laughs> reversed. Bit of payback. Like, just wait till you get here. <laughs> and it was lovely. And then when we all did like the little um, reunion thing not so long ago, it was I just love working with. Chris Do you know? I saw you fair, all advertise that, and I was like, can't wait for that. Like I went out and I got the big bottle of coke. I sat and I watched that the whole way through. Like, oh, did you? It was such, such a good shameless fun. fan. Like. I, I used to ask this question a lot of the times in the podcast, and I, I sort of don't ask it anymore because it's a bit boring and everyone sort of said the same answer. Um, what TV show would you love to be a part of that's now finished? And I always said, for the money, Friends, because this main six still get 20 mil a year, like, and I, I wouldn't turn that down. But yep. if I'm like not doing it for the money and want to do a TV show that I genuinely love, it'd be shameless. Yeah. Like, 
I would probably kill for the chance to audition if Shameless come back now. Like, just to audition. Oh. Do you know what? I think it's not far off the mark. Uh, Brassic. How do you feel about Brassic? It's on my list. It's on my list. Treat yourself. I'm Treat really yourself. bad. I'm really bad for watching TV shows that are new because I'm sort of just like, I started shameless again the other night. Yeah. And then no, like, I'm the same. just but finished the, the Friends. Writer, the writer, Joe Gilgill, the creator, Joe Gilgill, and Danny Broccolis does a lot of the writing. But Danny Broccolis was one of the writers on Shameless for a long time. Right, so it's gone. It's on, it's already on my list. Joe Gilgon said it, he said in an interview, um, how how would you describe Brassic? And he said if Shameless and Last of the Summer Wine shagged and had a baby. Right. Well, I'm watching be that because there's no Love Island. I'm gonna put it on. Oh, of course, no Love Island. Is I it? don't watch the. So yeah. No, what's the point? I just I want that cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Would you go to another soap, like if mm. EastEnders phoned? Um, probably not EastEnders, not because I'm not a fan or anything, just because it's too far. Yeah. And I, I'm, not, I'm not a London type girl, you are, know. Are, are you going to do the proper betrayal and go to Corrie? Maybe. <laughs> do you know what? The, the truth of it is, I, I, I don't think I would do a soap long term again. Yeah. That's not because I had a bad experience or anything like that. I had a wonderful time. It's just a lot of work, isn't it? Like it's a lot it's, full on. Yeah, you feel like you're missing out. Don't get me wrong. Ask me again in ten years. Yeah, when I'm tired, <laughs> and I'm yeah. and I'm and I'm ready to just you know settle into a role get, for the rest get of your feet life under some table somewhere. <laughs> um, I loved it at Emmerdale. I made the most amazing friends. The family that I made there are like my family still now. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm I'm not I'm not even exaggerating when I say that we speak constantly. But Emmerdale's got one of the biggest core cast of kids, and yeah. one of one of the things I did when I was there, the kids never had their own Christmas party. The adults had one, and yeah. the kids were invited. But I always thought it wasn't exactly appropriate. Or yeah, suitable. you still have kids' Christmas party. So I, I used to organise the kids' Christmas party and take them all in. And oh well, I hope somebody just, carried that on. That'd be quite cool. Yeah, I would like to think so. I don't think that's the case. I was quite upset. About that. <laughs> I went away then, and I went travelling when I left. And then I was sort of ringing up, going, Make "Where's sure your favourite place you've been?" Oh, I, I, I'm I'm madly in love with Ibiza. See, I'm like. This is going to sound really weird. I don't like a holiday where I sit around the pool all, all week. I like to sightsee. Yeah. So when I was 16, yeah. I went to Cambodia on a school trip. And I absolutely loved wow. it. I went and I built a school and every... Well, we built part of a school and things like that. It was amazing. That's amazing. But my favourite city in the world is LA. I've been... I went for a week with Dan, who plays... Um, sorry, Foxy, who plays Dan on Emmerdale. Yeah. When I went, went travelling for a bit, he phoned me up and I'd just come... I'd, just come back. I'd been to Ibiza. I'd just been to Marrakesh. I was up by the pool in Marrakesh. I'm like you. I'm not a sun dweller. I do like no. to have a little mooch about. Um, but Marrakesh is not the place to go mooching about. So <laughs> travel, travel warning. I don't she's got what... blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. Um, I, um... I loved LA. I actually stayed an extra week when everybody left. The morning it. we were due to fly home. I just said, no, nah, I'm not getting the flight. And I stayed another week by myself. I'd always listen to people, you know, when people say it just felt like my place and it felt like home. And I'd be like, right, shut up, you dick. Like, no, it didn't. You're, you're lying. I got to LA, no word of a lie. Something changed. I never got lost once. I knew where I was going. I had no clue. Like, but I always yeah. just seemed to find my way. And there was just something about the place. And I come back. I was 19. I come back and I said to my mom, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be living in LA full time. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, yeah. I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. I did the obvious stuff, you know. Yeah. But then I was like literally Googling 
crazy, weird things to do in LA. I just enjoyed walking about. I, I remember... think I nearly got uh, murdered up there, you know. <laughs> it wouldn't show No, this me. is the truth, this. So I was at the planetarium and I'd been a couple of times, but I wanted to go up at the night time. Uh-huh. So I goes up at the night, got my Uber booked and ready. And if you've been to the planetarium, you'll know the gates at the bottom shut yeah. at a certain point. And you have to walk through the park to go get your Uber. So I'm just sort of taking my last few little pics or whatever. And I seen this young lad with his, you know, probably like mid twenties, little rucksack, mm. looking a little bit Shifting. lost. Yeah. So he's approached me, instant Yorkshire accent. So I thought, right, we'll get to that bit. Oh, what, what's the, the thing with taxes? My battery's dead and all this. I was like, mm. Mm. I said, well, you look at. I said, where are you from? And he said, oh, I'm from Armley. Well, the place I'm from in Leeds is called Beeston, and Armley's the next little place right. over. Literally a stone throw. You can you see. You probably it. know his mum. Well, that's the, yeah. Well, that's a bit random. So anyway, I said, look, obviously we're from the same area. Look, I've got an Uber coming. I'm quite happy for you to share the Uber, and I can drop you at a coffee shop There'll or whatever. People so, just cringing at that right now. I know. If if it had been like an American or mm. not, not I've got anything to get, but any. It, it was similar. I thought that's too obvious. You know, he's from Leeds, for God's sake. But, you know, so we're walking down through the park and we just got to this little walkway single file tunnel thing. And I don't know, the fear just got me. And I just spun around on the spot and I just went, right, I'm telling you now, I have not come all the way to LA to get murdered by somebody from fucking Armley. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Even if he won't go there, I bet he changed his mind yeah. right there and then. Because I, uh... do you know what? I, we, he took me for a coffee, said thank you and everything. He was there for a few more days on his own. And I thought, you know, not no funny business or anything. But I thought, do you know what? If that had been me, I'd have been straight on the phone the next day. Thank you. I really appreciate what you yeah. did for me yesterday. Do you want to meet for a coffee? Do you fancy doing a bit of sightseeing? You know, both from Leeds. Yeah. Never once did I hear from that kid again. To wrap up, I always like to play a game with my guests and it's called Stage Right or Stage Right. And they are stories that have been sent in by the listeners. Two of them are true and one of them is a lie that the producer, um, Heather, I call her a producer, she just does, she makes up a story every week. Um, and it's our job to find out which one's the wrong, uh, the lie. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope so we can both play okay, along okay. together. Some of these are some of my favourite stories in the world. Like anybody that's currently listening to this that doesn't listen to my podcast normally, just go and listen to the stage right and stage shites. Like you don't have to listen to me talk shite for hours on end, but the stage shite and stage rights are some of my favorite stories in the world. And they are brilliant. Mental. Let's do it. <laughs> Number one in secondary school, my drama teacher wrote us an original musical and the finale incorporated confetti cannons. However, the students that were doing tech accidentally set them off in the last scene of the first act, which happened to be a scene where the main character's dad died. Oh, Number two, I was doing Macbeth and there's a drowning scene. We were using a small metal baby bath to keep the water in, but about three scenes before the water was due on stage, one of the backstage crew kicked the bath over and flooded the stage. As Lady Macbeth left the stage in one scene, she slipped on the water and fell and dislocated her wrist and shoulder. Number three. After uni, me and my best friend got jobs in a musical about pirates and we were performing to school children. And we had a plank that lent off the edge of the stage, but no one ever had to, in air quotes, walk the plank because the kids always, again in air quotes, saved them. But the time that I had to walk out on the plank, the plank snapped in half and I fell about a metre in the air and sprained my ankle and had to leave the job early. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, all of those are okay, absolutely so, horrible. So two are true and one's a lie. One stage shite. I don't know. I think maybe the um the confetti cannons. I think the I confetti like, one. I feel like you would have been warned about that. Like these only go off yeah. at a certain moment. So yeah, I'm going to agree with you yeah. there. Should we find I'm going to go for number one. Let's yes. open it. Sometimes like there's ones that you just don't want to be true. Like there was one, um, a guy had took his daughter some a flower after her school show. And it was, you know, one of them fl- red roses that have a thong in the middle. Oh, oh no. And it was just like, oh, but we were wrong. It was number two. Oh no way. The Macbeth one. But Beth fell up. Oh my god! Also, the confetti one is too shit. Oh, you would just be so embarrassed. I would feel so sad if I was taking somebody's show and fucked it in a massive way like that. That is bad. And then yeah, no confetti for the rest of the show. <laughs> but we've come to the end of the podcast now. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for giving me your time and everything. I know we're all starting to. Oh get no, it's been normality. my pleasure. I'm sorry that it, it took so long and we didn't get around don't, to it sooner. Don't worry about it. Like these things happen. Like I said, I've had people leave me on hold for two and a half hours and everything. So oh, the grand scheme and, um, of things. I promise I'll I'll do you a deal and I'll promise I'll um I'll get Alice Barry on to you. And anything that you ever are in, I will promote the fuck out of. Where can everyone find you on social media? Because, uh, I mean, your TikToks, like I said before, are the best. Because I am, I have messaged your manager trying to get you on here and I just never had a reply. And I saw you were on TikTok Live one day and I was like, how can I get you on my podcast? And then something popped up. I can't remember. I think I had to go and phone my grandma or something. Then I'd realized you'd followed me on TikTok. And I was like, oh, she might have replied to me and I didn't see it. I was like, oh, I'll give her a message. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, the usual, Kelly Hollis. Yeah. Um, I did fall in love with TikTok last year, and I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest. It's my favourite social media platform. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on there. It's all going to be linked below, and you should follow. Instagram, it's kelly.hollis. Twitter, it's kellyhollis76. And Twitter, TikTok, it is just Kelly Hollis. So you'll be all good. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I've had such an amazing time with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. And um, I promise I'm going to get Alice Barry to come on next. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 47 completed. Thank you so much to Kelly for coming on the podcast. She's one of my favourite actors. I absolutely adore Shameless, one of my favourite TV shows of all time. And if you are a fan of Shameless, please make sure to stick around because we'll have two more stars of the show hitting the Drama School Dropout podcast before the end of 2021. Please make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below to keep up with everything that we are doing. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. Remember, if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And remember, you can get your tickets for This Is Where We Get Off at www www.webstersglasgow.com I'm so excited for you to see it all we have been working so hard and we're not even really at the start of the journey to get it on stage properly I will be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode and I'll be joined by someone you may find at the bar with two pints of lager and a packet of crisps so make sure to come back next Tuesday at 6am to check out who is on the podcast have a great week thank you so much for all of your support we are so close to episode 50 a massive milestone but have a great week stay safe and make sure to come back next week to see what's happening bye 
summer school dropout. No graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout.